folding pocket. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Bessie Glover. Me, a moderately more tans than before, Christian Hugill. And me, team principal, Greg James. If you're new here, welcome along. This podcast is for those die-hard Formula One fans, like our little pal over there, Christian, who is basically... Sorry, can I have, can I have less of the little? I just think <laughs> an average height fan over there. Just below average height average male height. from the UK, Christian, who is basically pretending to drive a Formula One car in the womb, and also those that are just more... <laughs> so, sorry, he drove, Where have you he, got that from? Are you saying that he drove his way out? That's basically what he did, probably. Right. He probably this imagined. On? This is even for me. He was probably this... coming out going, vroom. Lovely image. <laughs> and all of those that just want to get to know Formula One a little bit more mm. and uh, discover this amazing sport. Along the way, we are joined by our driver co-hosts. Over the last year or so, we've had Lewis Hamilton, we've had Max Verstappen, we've had Lando Norris, we've had Alex Albon, George Russell, Logan Sargent, and many, many more. Throughout the season, we also hear from the teams and some of the people you don't normally hear from, how this sport is put together, how the cars are put together, who does the marketing, who's in the garage, who are these pit people, who are the people who are doing the tyres, all of that stuff we like to cover on this podcast. And if you're new to the podcast or new to the sport, I've got some exciting news. And as we are in our studio, I'm going to take full exa- uh, advantage of this and I would like help from all the people in this room, please don't sit there quietly because I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, it's race week! Look, before we get onto that, we need to talk about our new studio and why we are basically sat in your brain, Christian, because this yeah. is what I imagine your brain to sort of look like. Yeah, this studio does have similarities to my brain. There's lots of Formula One memorabilia, there's checkered flags, and it's quite pink. Yeah. We shouldn't dwell on it too much for the audio listeners because it is a podcast after all. But you can now watch this on YouTube and the clips on Instagram and TikTok. You will see this new studio. Guys, we've really gone up in the world. Really have. And it's lovely. There's a lovely sofa. There's props that producer Jimmy's been buying off eBay. We've got a couple of old tyres here. There's an actual old tyre. There's a screen. There's a pit board thing. That's you know, my they... favourite bit. That is my favourite bit by yeah. far. yeah. Fantastic. And we're populating it with our favourite hats from our favourite teams. And it's not done yet. We're still still adding to the stuff and we can change it as we go, can't we? Our our props stand over there. It's the first week. week. It's It's the first week. Oh, yeah, the mugs. I didn't even notice the mugs. Fast and Curious mugs. My God. But also, guys, we've got 
a helmet over there that is white. That That's is Christian. Clear. We've already introduced. I knew <laughs> that joke was coming, and you, you know you can never say that I do a predictable joke. I knew that was coming. The best bit about when Greg tells a joke, by the way, is that he starts smiling first because yes, he, he knows does. he's going to drop something. He looks so happy so with himself, so doesn't he? Proud of himself. And I'm supposed to be in charge of this, but really, you keep me in check on this podcast. But it's very nice to see you both. It's great to be in this new area and it's great that we can now be watched on youtube it's lovely to be by the children who like watching the internet yeah well yeah all the children (laughs) but also we're going to get people to sign this helmet oh yeah stop writing on christian it's not you're not allowed to (laughs) basically any of the drivers or anyone from the world of formula one Mm. that come in and come on our podcast we're going to get them to sign our white helmet over there again don't bring a skin color into it (laughs) oh for god's sake It's little, look at his little face. Greg's phone's ringing. Should we answer it and see who it is? Should we put them on? Hello? Hi, Greg. Hi, how you doing? How you doing, mate? You all right? Oh, is that Harry? Yeah, it's Harry speaking. Who's Harry? Everything okay? It's Harry. Your car's all ready for you. Great. Oh. Oh, is it? Did, did it pass the MOT? Yeah, yeah, no issues at all, man. Okay, Woo! amazing. Uh, are you at home at all? I want to get uh, into in the garage. Oh, I'm not at home. I'm not going to be able to get back to, to a bit later, annoyingly. Are you doing okay. a podcast? Can I put the car on the right side or...? Uh, yes, I'll put, I'll put some parking on the meter. Yeah, if you don't... Well, it would be outside your house if I can get a space. Yeah, okay, great. Because um, I'm, I'm running a bit short of space in the garage at the moment. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, no worries. That all right? Yeah, that's okay. I'll put, I'll put some parking on the meter. We'll do that first. Uh, is your wife at home today? I can give her the keys or shall I hold Just them? You can shove it through the letterbox if you want. Can uh, I? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. I'll see you later. Thanks a lot. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Oh, it's nice to have Harry on the Fast and the Curious. Harry. Harry. A-R-I. Harry. Harry. Harry Redknapp, was it? No, he's Harry. Harry. Oh, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely Harry. I wasn't just being a bit of a geezer. Although, you do you do talk a bit more of a geezer when you're talking to <laughs> you like... D- you definitely accent. put a voice on, didn't you? Hello. Hello, Harry. Anyway, good news. Cars parts MRT. <laughs> oh, well, I'm pleased about that. What a nice start That's to the podcast. Sort of, that sort of... That works, isn't it? It's it's car, car, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if Harry likes Formula One and is excited for Bahrain. You should have him back. I don't think he will. I think Harry's more a sort of he's a sort of the V the V twelve era, right? Mm. Sure. Sort of he also sounded quite busy, he's, and he's got space in the garage issue. So let's maybe not ring him back. Yeah. Anyway, MOT sorted. Well, that's great news. Helmet chat done. What's happening on today's show? We've got so many listener questions, obviously ahead of Bahrain, but also talking about preseason testing and all of that shabazz. And we're also <laughs> going to be previewing. Bahrain, of course, because it's race week, like Christian said, and we've got a very special guest on the show. Oh, yes, we have. And also we do need to, I think we need to front up to some of the criticism that's uh, come our our way over the last seven days. I say our way, my way. It's it's been a tough uh, week for you, hasn't it, Greg? Uh, it's, it's been a fun week. Uh, I've uh, I've enjoyed it, but for the purposes of drama, incredibly victimised and very, very sad. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving on. We've had some brilliant guests and things that have happened in the off season, and I can't believe we're we're now here. We're on we're on the on the on the precipice of a brand new season. It's come around so quickly. But let's just do a recap. So we've had Betty in New York hanging out with the Williams boys, Logan Sargent, Axe Albon, and their boss James Vowles. Who, by the way, did you see on Drive Survive? Couldn't say his name. Have you seen that clip of I've James Vowles? I've not seen that. Yet. Okay. So James Vowles is really nervous on camera. Oh. But understandably, because you're on Netflix and he and he goes, 
Oh, hello, I'm, I'm James Val. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm James Valves, the team Prince oh, William, no. William, Williams F1. Like, Sounds oh. a little bit like Adrian Childs in that impression. <laughs> Hello, good evening. I'm Adrian Childs. A lovely Childs. James Valves. Um, Christian, you were somehow allowed to visit Jackie Stewart at his actual house. I was. We met F1 Academy driver Leah Block. We had Fast and the Curious debut for Sergio Perez at the Red Bull launch. We went to Silverstone with Mercedes and McLaren. We talked to Toto Wolff, Fred Vesti, Mick Schumacher, James Allison, Zach Brown, Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri. And that's all before the season started and i went to bahrain and came back in one piece yes and you're back from bahrain how was it out there it was amazing but i had um underestimated how intense testing is for everyone whether it's us in the media covering the sport whether it's the teams whether it's the drivers eight hours of on-track action in the sun in the desert a day it's such a long period of time and such a lot for the teams and drivers to get their head around so early on so yeah i, I had a lovely time Goodness me, did I sleep last weekend when I got home. <laughs> and, and then, you know, there were some people who were doing what I had done. So it worked flat out for three days and also doing a proper job, not just doing media stuff like I was doing. And then got an overnight flight home like I did, then gone to their factories the following day to wow. debrief. So landed overnight straight into the factory. Right. What did we learn? This sport is so intense. It's unbelievable. They work so hard. Wow. It's all very exciting. We're going to talk about Bahrain in a minute. Um, we're going to preview the season starting. Yes. But first, we've got to talk about um, Greg being victimised. <laughs> now, this is because we had Oscar Piastri on the podcast and you asked him this. Wouldn't it be incredible if Lewis Hamilton won this year? At Mercedes. No, it would not be incredible. No, 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 what no. What are you no, talking about? In terms of the brave thing to say in the crowd interview, isn't it? In terms of the story. The story. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I think Oscar Piastri winning first world championship yeah, is a much yeah, better story. Happen. That would You've be got loads epic. of time. He's, he's, he's 40. Yeah, you've got loads of time. You're high, half his age. I am firmly removing myself from this conversation. <laughs> Respect your elders, Oscar. Be patient. Which, by the way, I stand by. That's the spirit of this podcast. Is uh, you know these people we say they're interviews. They're not real interviews. They're well, they are co-hosts. So there was a lot of people I spotted who clearly had never listened to our podcast before, mm. and also dare I say, I don't think you'll be too offended by this. Don't know who you are, and that's fine. And that's fine. But we're saying. I can't believe that F1 reporter mm. asked him that, which you are many things, Greg James, but I think you proudly say you're you're not a Formula One reporter. No, that's the whole point of this podcast, is, yes. that, is that I'm not. Uh, and and neither are you, Betty. No, I'm not. Well, you are. I am. Ju just about. No, you know you are. You are you are you absolutely are. But that that's the But I get it. Like I but I love that sort of thing because it means that people are you know, they've they've gone, what's this? This isn't how it's supposed to be done. You're supposed to treat these people with respect the whole time. Some of my favourite... I, I had a great day. You did. The you other you day. messaged the group. You alerted me to the, the fact that it was going yeah. bang. Oh, wrong. And we've not said, some of the comments thought Greg was the worst person on planet Earth for asking that question. How very dare he? Go on, read some of them out. Well, well, I, I was sat there. I was actually at Cambridge v Peterborough United. Oh, the big one. League oh, one, big, big derby. Not the big one. <laughs> Clearly wasn't very exciting. I sat there going through the comments. Some of my favourite. What an unprofessional reporter. It's like asking Barcelona, would it be incredible if Real Madrid took the championship this year? No, right. it isn't it's, like it's that. not it like, that. like that. Also, that is a great question. And I would love to ask them that. I think that would that, that would be an amazing thing to ask. That's great. It's not enough of that. In I think in the, genuinely, one of my beliefs in the world is that we... We hold 
pop stars and sports people to like way too in way too yeah. high regard. You, you can be respectful, but you can play with these people. They are doing driving or singing for a job. They're fun. Anyway, my favourite comment: Who gave this jerk a microphone? <laughs> well, him. He started the podcast. <laughs> Me. So. so yeah. <laughs> Another thing that made a splash was something that happened at our pre-season curry with mm. Karun Chanduk. <laughs> and I'm, t- I'm talking about possibly my favourite thing that's ever happened on the podcast is the mention of a certain man. Mm. Let's roll the clip. Only a couple of days before the Lewis News came out, I'd been um, interviewing Dan Fallows, who's one of the big tech bosses of Aston Martin. Not Dan, not the Dan, Dan, Dan Fallows. Dan Fallows? Are you ju- How did you get him? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's never coming on this podcast now, is he? He f***ing well is. Love it. One of the key men behind Sebastian Vettel's Red Bull World titles. Not one of the, one of the key <laughs> men behind Sebastian Vettel's. He's got a merchandise range. Anyway, what's, uh, what's No, don't worry about the story. No, no, no. No. Sod you all. You ask, you, you say, let's do a podcast, say that you know about F1, then you try and do it, and then it gets thrown back in your face. Don't worry about it. Just because we've upgraded me and got an actual F1 driver now. So, yeah. wait, is Dan Fallows turning up? Because <laughs> otherwise, this is a complete waste of time. <laughs> I only came here because I thought that Dan Fallows. <laughs> the story's not worth it now. Betty, do you want to hear the story about Dan Fallows? Because I do. I do want to hear right, about on, Dan, Dan Fallows. He said that it can be very awkward when they know that drivers are leaving for the following season because they have to keep bits quiet. But the last time it happened at Aston Martin, Sebastian Vettel was retiring, so they didn't have to. But then the following day after I'd had that chat about that exact happening, it happened. I'm being a It's genuinely interesting. But the way you announced Dan Fallows, it's like you announced George Clooney was turning up. Okay, Christian, have you have you calmed down now? Because the he looked. If anyone's seen the video, he looked so cross with me. Angry, so so angry. Yes, I've calmed down from that. I can cope with you lot taking the Mickey out of me. It's been happening for a year now that you lot have been bullying me. That's fine. But what I knew was going to happen as soon as, for example. Dan did an interview with Sky Sports and our listeners are flooding underneath the the Sky Sports tweet. (laughs) The Dan Fallows. I was like, I am going to have to explain this to Dan in the paddock. And then who did I bump into in Bahrain last week? Dan in the paddock. Dan in the paddock. The Dan Fallows. I'm like, I just hope he knows they're bullying me, not him. Well, let's ask him. Welcome to the Fast and the Curious, the Dan (laughs) Fallows. Thank you very much. Hang on. This isn't the Dan Fallows, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry, it was not the George Clooney, but it is the Dan Fallows. Yeah. Dan, Dan, you look like George Clooney, to be honest. Spitting Thank image. you. Thank you so much. I, I was thinking that, you know, I have been on a, um, an episode of Midsummer Murders. I was walking past the church in the background, so I thought, you know, has what? George Clooney been on Midsummer Murders? You know. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Why you're already the best guest we've ever had. Yeah, One of well. my secret favourite shows is Midsummer Murders. From, it's great. From when I was a kid. It's great. Can you tell how cool I was and still am? <laughs> I loved Midsummer. What episode were you in? Was was it um, John Nettles as Inspector Barnaby, or was it was it um, was it the new guy? No, it was a later one. But it was uh, we were we were on holiday and we were walking past the church and they happened to be filming it. It's not, I don't think I was credited, Amazing. but yes, I'd like to point out that I don't think George Clooney has ever been on that. So I've got one up on him. <laughs> Well, you're one of the few people to actually appear on Midsummer Murders and not be murdered. Yes, that's true. 
Yet. That's a great claim to fame. And now you're the Dan Fallows. Dan, my first question is, when did news reach you that you would uh, you were talked about on The Fast and the Curious? <laughs> uh, well, when I, when I bumped into Christian, actually, he was very apologetic about the whole thing. Um, but uh, yes, I, I hadn't heard of it up to that point and then uh, saw the clip. And um, yes, it's nice of Corinne to jump in as well, because I have met him quite a few times, so he knows exactly who I am. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely sort of everyone just piled in on, on Christian. But uh, I, I'm so grateful that you're on this podcast today. And we should talk about your actual job, really, because I was being I was being uh, deliberately provocative and deliberately annoying. You're and being I, a is what you were being. I was Greg. being annoying. Yeah, and as I'd, per usual. I would like to apologise to all of you, but Thank particularly you. to the Dan Fellows. I it was just it was the way that Christian said it. It was like he was announcing the second coming. Uh, no, I understand, and also understand that you know, you know, in in this job, you're not particularly famous outside a very very small world. So um, I can I'm, I'm not surprised that no one's heard of me either. But uh, yes, in all seriousness, we do celebrate all aspects of the sport, and we have loads of people who are. In front of the camera, behind the wheel, behind the camera, in front of the wheel, all the rest of it, all the other variations. But we do like to celebrate all the different corners of this amazing sport. So getting you on is a big get. You are the damn fellow. So can we can we talk about what your what your week's been like? What's uh, you know we're this will be going out a day before Bahrain. So how's it all going? Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy week as you can imagine with all the testing last week and uh, reacting to that. Uh, it's it's a very strange period of time because you're in this sort of limbo between when you've had the results from testing and then this time when you're kind of waiting to find out exactly where everybody is and quite how good your car is. And I think we, we sort of say quite often when we're asked the question, you know, where do you think you are? We will sort of say, oh, we don't know. We'll find out in the race. And I think there's always an assumption that we're, we're keeping all this information to ourselves, but we're really not. We really have, you know, not, not a great deal of idea where we are um, because, you know, just don't know what other people are up to. So we just get to find out, um, well, tomorrow it'll be, which is, quite exciting for everybody but also incredibly nerve-wracking and Dan we celebrate so many areas of this sport that I've loved since I was a small child and I said this on the podcast the other week but the people I've got almost more respect for more admiration for are the technically minded people like yourself because as someone that's so technically bad that I struggle to put up a shelf (laughs) I am in awe of people like you can you run through for our listeners who are new to Formula One, and we've got so many who are new to motorsport and Formula One, what your role is with Aston Martin and what it involves, because honestly, it's it's amazing what you guys do. So, so my role is to look after the kind of technical side of the, the team, which is really the design and construction of the car. Um, and then we have, obviously, that goes over to the race team to to test it um, and to make the most of it or or try not to make a mess of it, I suppose, is another way of looking at it. <laughs> but we, yeah, we're obviously a huge team of people that are involved in designing and manufacturing the car. And um, it's a relentless work that goes on through the whole year, as you can imagine. I mean, even even over Christmas time, we're doing development, aerodynamic development and performance development. And then obviously having to put the car together, it's all very late. Um, and we're now able to do everything or most of the majority of the manufacturing in-house um, we've built this new sort of technology campus here in Silverstone and uh, there's been an enormous amount of work to try to get the car built over the Christmas um, so yeah it's a, it's a it's a busy time um, there's a huge amount of people working on it and uh, it, it absolutely never stops so Dan basically whether the Aston Martin car is fast or not is all down to you so if it's slow <laughs> we know who to blame well, I like to say if it's slow, it's my fault. If it's fast, then it's the um, hundreds of people that have put the effort into it. Very modest, very modest. We've got some incredibly good team of people here. I mean, we're we're very fortunate, and we've um, they've done an amazing job 
um, to get us to where we are, particularly since in the last couple of years. I mean, Aston Martin in this guise is quite a young team, really. And to, mm. to be sort of spoken about in the terms that we are being spoken about and to have the aspirations that we do now and for them to be realistic is, a, is an incredible achievement, really. So they've done an amazing job. It's a massive leap forward. And notice Dan there, is Greg, Greg's our team principal on this podcast, Dan. So, you know, the, the way he absorbed the pressure of his team there, I think that was, <laughs> you know, and empowered his team there. I definitely think he could take some notes on. But, but, but I said this on the podcast last season, Dan. Thank goodness for Aston Martin, because your rise up the grid and the resurgence of Fernando was just fantastic. It must have been incredibly exciting to be a part of because those podiums and how quickly the team let forward it was for most f1 fans one of the highlights of last season it's it's quite unusual to see that sort of jump up the grid i think isn't it i mean you tend to Ooh. sort of see with fairly fixed regulations that teams sort of stay where they are but there's a combination of things that i think have kind of factored into it i mean we weren't at all happy with the, the 2022 car we thought there was a lot of things we could improve going into 23 so we did that and made a made a big step. Um, but I think, I mean, even then in season, we could see how fast some other people developed and how close really the grid was towards the end of the season. I mean, there were, you know, sort of tents in eight or 10 places in Abu Dhabi qualifying. I mean, it's, it's incredibly tight. So, you know, the margins are, are very, very small, but the, the gains are definitely there to be had. Small margins for sure. But what are you expecting for this season, Dan? What, what, if you can give us a little bit of a prediction. Well, we, we sort of came out of last season feeling like we'd uh, fixed some of the issues that we had with the car in the middle of the season. Um, so that kind of defined a lot of the work we were doing towards the end of it. And that carried over into this year's car. And what, we've, what we're sort of aiming for really is just to show another step forward. You know, we want to make sure that we can build on the success that we had last year, uh, produce a car, which is, which is a kind of solid performance to start off with, but then then get into the development mid-season. You know, it's not just about how the car starts the season. It's also about how you can develop it through the season. And that's really what we want to sort of compete in. Dan, we're going to let you go in just a second because the fact you've joined us on the days leading up to the race is wonderful, but also mad. So we thank you hugely. But just before you go, I saw Fernando in Bahrain last weekend and I'm convinced the man's getting younger. <laughs> As Aston Martin's technical director, is that something you can confirm for us? Because I swear he starts getting younger and younger every year. Is he, is he in fact, a, mid, a miracle of modern science? <laughs> Do you know, I think he might be. I mean, I think yeah. he sort of leaps about like a teenager. It's extraordinary. And I think he's probably... <laughs> fitter than he was when he first started racing. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. I mean, I, I, he shows absolutely no sign of slowing down. Uh, he shows no sign of losing any of his hunger for the sport. Um, you know, and the way he kind of interacts with everybody, he's just, he's so keen. He wants to push everybody. He wants to make sure we're all, we're all kind of, you know, doing the best job we can. Um, so he's just this incredible kind of force of nature, this sort of energy within the team. Um, so, yeah, I think he's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's the most youthful forty-something-year-old I've come across. Is it is it true, Dan, that he loves gardening? Is that is that an actual thing? And have you seen it? <laughs> That's the new one on me. I haven't heard that one. No, I haven't heard him talk about anything else apart from cars or racing. So if he's into gardening, that's absolutely a new one. But there's something quite sweet about that because he's clearly incredibly happy, and we saw that a lot through the mm. season. He'd surprised himself, and just there was that. It was that quote 
He just, it was, it was, it wasn't quite thank you for this car, but he was like, this car is so brilliant yeah. to drive, wasn't it? When he finished in the, on the podium. Well, it seemed to rejuvenate his love for the sport yeah. because at the end of his time with McLaren, for example, he, he wasn't happy and he seemed to enjoy Alpine more, but it seemed that the Aston Martin Fernando Alonso relationship seemed to rejuvenate his love of everything, Dan. I think it has. I mean, he's been very positive ever since he joined the team and uh, he's obviously really enjoyed driving the car and I think he just I think he loves the atmosphere in the team I think he loves the you know the mm. the way that we interact with him as well you know we really appreciate having him here we're, we're very fortunate to have to have our two drivers I think they're they're you know they're quite different personalities in many ways but they're they're both incredibly good racers and you know give us the feedback they want but they're just good fun to have around and they interact very well with the rest of the team so um yeah I think it I think it has been like a new lease of life he's come into it with a with the right attitude and and you know, he's obviously continuing to enjoy it and sort of, you know, long may it last, really. Yeah, we're here, here. We yeah, love yeah. Fernando on this mm. podcast and um, we love you, the Dan Fallows. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. I know you're incredibly busy. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you so Dan. much, Dan. And go well this Saturday. <laughs> Thanks. That's Thank you very much. I just find people like him fascinating. Like when you see the tiny little bits of Formula One cars being made on screens and that goes into bigger bits and the people who marry it all together... Like, how clever are these people? Like, it's just amazing. And we don't see enough of these people. So it's it's nice to shine a spotlight on people like Dan because what they do is just blows my mind. Yeah, I'd love to watch him at work because when we were at Silverstone in the shakedown and we were watching some of the McLaren gang taking the car apart, we were fascinated. And all, like... They had a screwdriver and they were just like taking it apart. I'd love to see how someone like Dan does his job. Oh, so interesting. There's those amazing moments, aren't aren't there, in this sport where you... It it, it is very digital. It's the highest end technical spec. It's all all those amazing things, computerised and, you know, just so clever. But really, the analogue bits are so interesting. The analogue bit of... You just have to sometimes, you just got to tighten a screw like that and by hand. <laughs> mm. And then otherwise this car's not going to go. Mm. Fascinating. And also, let's wish Aston luck this year because they were such a fantastic part of last season. There's so many subplots to Formula One. That midfield pack, and I don't mean midfield really, I mean everybody behind Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Aston, is going to be one of the most exciting things about the season. And Aston going to be right in there, I think, again. And there's no doubt Fernando Alonso is still capable of winning races. Lance will want to be closer to Fernando this year. They're a really interesting part of this season. So go on, Team Aston. We want them to be right up there with McLaren, Ferrari and Mercedes because that will be so much fun to watch. Okay, the first race is upon us, which I can't quite believe that I'm saying that because it's come around so incredibly quickly. (laughs) Bahrain, let's talk about it. Uh, Christian, you were obviously at um, pre-season testing. Where's your head? And where's your heart? A good question. My heart is very excited to see it come back. I I, I briefly was in the commentary box uh, on the actual coverage, which was insane over testing. And I said this then, that when there was a little moment in testing where someone overtook one another, because oh. we'd watched the cars go round and round and round for eight hours a day of testing so many times. There was a little piece of on-track overtaking. I was like, oh, they also race, don't they? This will be fun. Like, I've, I'm loving seeing them back on track going round and round, but the racing's better than this, isn't it? So, um, yes, the, 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 the F1 fan of old in me is just really excited to have racing back and it being properly back into the swing of things. I suppose my head, if I'm putting F1 reporter hat on, is very excited to see and intrigued to see 
how far ahead Red Bull are, whether some rumours about Mercedes being possibly quicker than they showed in testing are true, and where, as we just mentioned with Dan, where that behind Red Bull pack sits, because no one really knows where Aston, McLaren, Ferrari sit and can even RB push up higher because they had a good testing. So I think that the the second quickest team on the grid battle is fascinating too. I think that's going to really interest me going into the first race. RB is going to be tricky, isn't it? Because in my head then he said RB and I thought Red Bull. Yeah, same, yeah. same. So it's I am annoying. refusing to call it the sponsorship name unless I absolutely have to because... so. This is a good moment of clarification. Alfa Romeo last year are Sauber now, and Alfa Tari last year are RB. So obviously, you said in our last episode, and everyone was talking about Red Bull and Max Verstappen and how he just looks so dominant, you know, ahead of everyone again. But obviously, this is going to be like the most intense season that it's been for a while, 24 races. Do you think he's going to be able to sustain that across all 24 races? Yes. Like surely this is... <laughs> but, but, hear me out, this could be the season where he, he just falls short a little bit. Like, it might not be as consistent because he's got to sustain it for 24 races. Could be, could be. And and, and his... his le- I said this on the podcast so many times last season, his consistency was unbelievable. And and last year is for me the season where we saw Max Verstappen go from being world champion to one of the all-time greats. Mm. So I I believe he will sustain it. I believe he will stay so consistent. And I think what we saw in testing is I was you know I was lucky enough to stand at the side of the track at one point. That Red Bull in Max's hands looks complete. He again seems to have that relationship between car and driver perfectly in sync. We didn't see that with Checo already. And this is why mm. Checo will want to have a better Bahrain race weekend than they had test. He didn't look as comfortable in Checo's hands. So I think we're going to see a similar thing to last year. I think we're going to see Red Bull in Max's hands quicker than everyone else. I'd be surprised if Checo was dominantly quicker than Mercedes and Ferrari because that's not what testing showed us. Of course, as I said on the last podcast, the caveat is it's only testing. It's too early to tell. And Checo will have had a week of looking at simulator data and all of that. But there's a reason... Max won all the races last year and Checo only won two and they were right at the start of the season before Max properly found his groove. Max is sensational. He's one of the all-time greats. Max is clearly very quick, clearly very skilled. You just said one of the greats. Makes very few mistakes. Is that because he's so far ahead of everybody and he's not being pushed into making mistakes or is he just superhuman and so, so good with that car? He's superhuman and so, so good with that car. Definitely. Something that does intrigue me that we never really got the answer to last year is, is what level was Checo driving at? So if you put Lewis Hamilton in that Red Bull, would that Red Bull be as dominant? Mm. If you put a a mid-table driver, and this is no criticism of him, but say an Esteban Ocon, a Pierre Gasly, brilliant racing driver in their own right, how good would they be in that Red Bull? How good was that Red Bull last year? And how much was it, the relationship between Red Bull and Max. So to, so to, just to pick you up on when you said, is it because he was so far ahead he doesn't need to? That's a really good point. But but Checo wasn't that far ahead. And Checo's a race-winning, really good racing yeah, driver. Yeah, I, I know that. But I just there, were, there weren't any battles, were there? That's the thing. And, and the real pressure in Formula One comes from those close 
battles and when you can hold your nerve and you're trying to overtake on a corner you're trying to you're you're waiting for that you're doing the breaking at the last minute we saw crashes and we saw incidents with those moments where people are fighting neck and neck I guess I'm answering my question myself which is he's so far ahead he doesn't need to worry about that but if there was somebody this year who was just a little bit closer to him would he feel that pressure and you might see some more mistakes yeah and the 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 proof of your question is 2021 where we'd seen it for so many years with Lewis that Lewis had had the the sort of dominance that Max is having now, probably not quite as dominant as Max is being now. But the fact that Max was so effective, almost getting his elbows out and giving Lewis no respect and taking the fight to him, saw mistakes from both of the two drivers when they're in that battle. More mistakes happen in the heat of battle. Mm. But what someone needs to do first is be able to take that step up to Max's pace. And that you'd think the best person to do that would be Checo, but Mm. he wasn't able to do that last year. Is that because the car is so moulded to Max, though, that it fits him like an absolute glove, doesn't it? And Checo, that position Checo's in must be one of the hardest positions to be in in sport. Uh, That's... A bit of an unknown factor. I mean, I mean, there are plenty of people within Formula One who say Red Bull purposely make that car to suit Max. There are others that have the school of thought of, well, they they, they just make it quick and Max does the best job of extracting that and he does the best job of making it work with the car. Do you, do you see what I'm yeah. saying? So uh, where we're going to be in Bahrain, in my view, is Max being quickest how close can Mercedes get? How close can Ferrari get? It, McLaren? I don't think McLaren or Aston will quite be there yet okay. based on what we saw in testing. Right. I think the challenge is most likely to come from Mercedes or Ferrari. But as you said right at the start, Greg, long season. And just because Max has the advantage at the start, Mercedes seem confident. They know their car better than last year. It responds to changes they make better than it did last year. That should give us encouragement that as we go through the season, they can identify a problem, make a change and get results, which is what they struggled with last year. That is what makes me happy and excited. The thing that I am actually most excited for, though, is to see the battle between Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri (gasps) in McLaren. That genuinely makes me so excited. Last year, you know, Oscar looked really competitive to Lando on one lap pace, but Lando had the advantage over a Grand Prix. That's really interesting. The Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz battle is fascinating. The George Russell-Lewis Hamilton battle is fascinating. Even further back down the grid, um, Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo. That's really interesting. Will Daniel be able to stake his claim for a place up higher up the grid? Will Yuki continue to impress like last year? Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly are really evenly matched. Can Logan get closer to Alex? There are mm. these really interesting inter-team battles up and down the grid. There's a lot to be excited about for this season. Yeah, it's like, are we going to be wearing this one? Or are we going to be wearing this one? <laughs> <laughs> for the benefit of the listeners, Betty has just put on the Lando cap and then the Oscar cap. <laughs> I enjoyed the demonstration. Thanks, in our studio for now, thank you. <laughs> um, we've got loads of listener questions. Well, I think can we you do this because I've just got to pay for my parking. So, oh, yeah, you, you yeah. do that. Don't oh, leave, yeah, yeah. Don't we'll run through Ari this while Greg sits on First one comes from Matt. He says, since testing, there was plenty, well, these aren't the final cars, or we don't know until the teams will hold back, etc., etc. Will the cars we saw in testing not be the ones that start the season? It'll be the same car, Matt, 
But in between the gap between testing and the race, there has been time for the teams to tweak and develop these cars. They've sort of been through two phases of development. We saw the cars at launch. The teams have had time to change them before testing. We've had testing. Now there's been time to change them before the first race. And to be honest, Matt, the cars are never, or, or, or not until we get to the very end of the season, the final cars. They're constantly evolving. So in answer to Matt's question, expect them to have evolved somewhat since testing uh, you know, before we get to the first race of the season, there will have been some involvement in that gap between testing and race weekend. Roxy says, I still want to know what the torture equipment was on the front of the Ferraris in testing. OK, so the torture equipment she means is is a rake, effectively. That's what it's called. Incredibly unglamorous title. But there's two things that teams put onto the cars that you'll have seen in testing last week that are unusual. The first is the rakes. They are big chunks of metal that get put on the car and they're slightly soft metal. The cars... Um, the teams are still getting to know how the cars behave, where the wind goes, where the cars move the wind to and the wind flow happens as it moves over the car. Mad. So Mad. they will put these pieces of metal on the cars. They will go out and they will come back. And what will have happened is the wind will have bent and moved the metal and that will help the team understand the airflow and the characteristics of the car and how the front wing and bits of that is working. Does that make sense? It does. Wow. So it's, it's, it'll slightly move and that'll tell them where the wind's going. The other thing is flow vis paint. It's like a, a a sticky, not quite as quick drying paint. So it gets it's normally light green. Sometimes it's red. It gets sprayed on the front or on the side of the car. And when it dries again, as the wind moves past the car again, the, the patterns of where the paint has gone and where the winds push the paint gives the team's understanding to the airflow and the characteristics of the car. So those, the, the rakes and the flow of his paint are effectively helping the teams get to know their cars better and helping to get the airflow. Final question, and Please. it's from Jamie. Mm. And Greg, you can join in on this. Mm. What's everyone's dark horse prediction of the year? Actually, Greg, you go first. Well, based on our chat with the very sassy Oscar Piastri. Oscar Piastri. Mm. Uh, very good. Thank you. I, you stole that from I'm the gonna... comment. I saw that comment. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, I'm going to predict that he will win one race this year. Oh, I thought you said the World Championship. Then yeah, he went I, so one race <laughs> this year. No, he won't win the World Championship this year. Are you mad? Well, he <laughs> thinks he he thinks he will. Well, he has to say that. He's he won't, he He's biased. It's, yeah. it's a, it's so biased. It, yeah, but it's a, it's. I mean, it's it would be absolutely remarkable if uh, anyone other than Max won it. Well, will Lando win one? Because he hasn't won one yet. Uh, Lando will Is win one. Is this Lando's year? Yes, he will definitely win a race. But I also think Oscar Piastri will win a yeah, race that's this a, that's season. A good, that's yeah. a good one. But wins for both McLaren drivers yeah, is, yeah. is a good one. I wouldn't yeah. call it a dark horse prediction. But... Oh, no, I think... I think it, Do you think so? Yeah. Oscar Piastri winning a, a, winning a Grand Prix is a, definitely a dark horse outside shout. Okay. Christian? I think not, 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 it's not because of Oscar's talent is more because McLaren weren't quite ready to win races last season. Yeah. So that's mm. why I think it qualifies. I'll yeah. tell you the dark horse prediction, a, a Haas 1-2. <laughs> there, there's your dark horse prediction. I mean, the horse is so dark, it's blending into the black curtain <laughs> at the back of the studio. That's more of a dark Haas <laughs> prediction. <sighs> okay. It's going to be a long season, everybody. Oh, you love God. it. You love it. Go on, Christian, give me your dark horse. Haas. Uh, I will stick to the stop it. I will stick to the one that I said in the curry with Karun, uh Williams to beat Alpine in the constructors' championships. Ooh, come on then, your dark horse, go. 
Fernando Alonso is going to quit F1 and become, uh, a, and become a gardener oh, because wow. that's See, what Mike Crack told us when we interviewed him at Silverstone that he loves gardening. That's dark horse. He's going to have enough of it. Doesn't want to do it anymore. He's tired. Although he looks, <laughs> He's tired. Although, although he looks younger and he might look younger, he wants a break. He wants <laughs> to go gardening. He's had enough. And he, right. So that's my dark horse prediction. Good. Well, all the dark horses have been uh, let out of the stables. And that is the end of this week's Fast and the Curious. It's been a dream to sit in our brand new camp studio. You can watch this on YouTube. Please follow us on social media and come back in a few days time when we'll look back at the Bahrain Grand Prix I'm excited for that and if you've got any questions to fire my way we are Fast Curious Pod on all the social medias and we'll be back after the Bahrain Grand Prix enjoy the first race of the season I know I will bye bye, bye. bye.